0: You are listening to a best of series only on Lance J plus
1: intrinsically. Then whatever you are is becomes normative.
0: Right. Right. And so if everyone has diabetes, then it's okay for everyone. It's okay to, have to diabetes. everybody. To have diabetes. Really means that diabetes doesn't have much impact towards your risk or even though it's a horrible disease that we know can reduce your lifespan significantly. But if everyone has it, then it's just the norm.
1: Yeah. So right. anyway, the recalibration thing, it's an interesting idea. I, I don't, you know, like I, I think there's a lot of intentionality from from CMS around the benchmarking against traditional Medicare, and and I think it, it it's an it comes from a policy place, but it also comes from a fraud, waste, and abuse place. Sure. And and so like, sure. I, I you know, like, I I don't know I I don't I I haven't completely thought this through, but I I'm kind of like in early skeptic on that one. Um the 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 second thing that they're throwing out is is wanting to tier um you know the coding and so without getting overly geeky on this um the amount of codes that are submitted to the government adjust it just the payment that's just the simple way of saying it right so the more data that's submitted to the to the government in general it's it adjusts the date the compensation uh up and so what they're saying is well let, we're, we're going to make some tiers some bands and if you submit a little bit of codes, you might have a little bit of an adjustment, but if you submit mm. more codes, then you're gonna have more of an adjustment. You submit a lot of codes, then you're gonna have a lot of an adjustment.
0: And like you said, a literal, <laughs> a literal tiered structure.
1: Yeah, right. yeah, but, but 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 you know, if you pause and you say, okay, well, if we're comparing, you know, the AIDS Healthcare Foundation in in, in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. it's a great health plan that you know obviously caters to people that are HIV uh, positive. Uh, if, you, if you compare them, and they're going to have a ton of codes, right? Absolutely. These people are very sick. Right. So, so, so like, I don't, I don't know that I think that they should be the most adjusted down,
0: right? Interesting.
1: So, it's kind of like, it, 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 you, know, you know what it feels like to me, James, as I was thinking about it. It feels like the argument that a kid that never submits his homework says at the end of the year when he wants none of the homework to count. Right, like mm. I haven't been submitting my homework. You have, right? And then I'm I'm making the argument to the teacher. Well, it's not fair, right? It's not fair, James. James has all these extra points that I can't have. Well, it's because you weren't doing doing stuff James right. was doing all along. And we can go back and forth on you know whether each of the health plans should be doing what they're doing, but yeah, the government set day, the yeah. government set that up on right. purpose, right? Interesting. So that so that the AIDS Healthcare Foundation could have a higher score could have more codes submitted and could therefore get more compensation because they're right. they're they're handling really sick folks so like i i that was the idea behind it and I, again it's just kind of like i get where they're coming from on this it's sort of like a qualified maybe on this but i you know like i definitely i definitely think it's it's kind of like the i didn't turn in my homework it's the argument of the i didn't turn in my homework right group um and then the final the final major policy point they're making is targeting um audits um and and they're saying hey you know there should be uh not not random markets, uh audits pardon me or or audits um uh, across a whole host of things but we should just target audits for those organizations that in you know are involved in either activities or data patterns that that are intrinsically more likely to be connected with abuses or inaccuracies, and again, interesting point. So they like they have three interesting points.
0: Well, that's but, like saying that the IRS would only audit people that that they know that cheat on their um, taxes. You know, yeah, yeah. there are people that are making seventy five k that are cheating on their taxes, yeah. which is bad. Um, the IRS is more likely to target someone that's making seven hundred and fifty k that that cheats on their taxes. Sure, but I don't know if it's more egregious for someone making. 750k to cheat than it is for someone making 75k to cheat. I think that the whole point is to follow the rules. So I don't know if I agree with that. I like that we've gotten a little bit more heavy handed in audit. Um, I wish that earlier in my career that we had had some some more audits. I think that it. I'm trying to say my words carefully. I think that we've we've I think that we've trained a generation of risk adjustment experts that have not been audited and don't know how to manage an audit. So now that CMS is really getting more heavy handed, yeah. you have people that have been in this business seven or eight years. They've yeah. never really been through an audit. They're looking to do the right thing. They want to do the right thing. They crave doing the right thing. They're having those conversations with their provider groups, yeah. but they've just never been through it because CMS was really only auditing egregious organizations back in the day. Yeah. So I just think it's there's there's a learning curve and unfortunately, you and I say this all the time, you're getting audited on stuff that happened five years ago. Oh, yeah. And in most risk adjustment... More. Or more. Yeah. In most risk adjustment shops, and, and most people that manage the actuary team, people that manage the risk score, it is very unlikely that that senior leader is still there five to seven years from now. They've usually matriculated somewhere else within the company right. or they've gone to another company or opened up their own business. So you're getting audited for stuff that somebody else did or didn't do. And if you don't have the knowledge to even be able to come in early in the game and unwrite some of the wrongs, you just have this talent drain and you don't really understand. You have a, it, It's bad for your culture. You just don't have – it's not embedded – into your culture. And I think that that equals bad results when audits happen. It doesn't mean that you have bad and incompetent employees. It just means that I don't think that we have enough people that are trained that have gone through a lot of RADV audits. And that's just my opinion. Those opinions, not facts. Uh, just, mm-hmm. just my perspective from from working at several plans.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and the, the acronym that you're using, RADV, just for anybody that doesn't know that, all that is is just an audit that's that's checking for the validity of the data submitted to the government. That that's it. It's it, we can make it a lot more complex, but that's functionally right. what it is. And 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 you can either do it randomly, right, where you are randomly picking stuff to, to audit, or you can cherry pick. You can pick stuff right. that you think is at a high likelihood to fail, right? As as an auditor, and historically OIG and, and the Health and Human Services OIG, I should say. And CMS, when they conducted a radv audit, they they did random approaches. Right. And the OIG over the last handful of years has pivoted to more targeted approaches, right. where they're going after things they think are more likely to fail. And you know, look again from a taxpayer standpoint, you know, should should the American people be paying for
0: something that is an error? Um, well, I mean, as human no. beings, though, there's going to no, be no. They should. I've been. Yeah, I mean, they shouldn't. I had a very aggressive audit plan. I've I've been at plans that audited 100 percent of all of their codes, both prospective and retrospective. You can't get any more than that. There's still gonna be mistakes because yeah. people are human beings and and uh you know it's not it's not the chat GPT. I mean maybe we get them to run it and then all of us are out of jobs. But I, I there's a medium in between in my opinion. I mean you're going to find mistakes because people are human. Yeah. I'm very big when it comes to audit and, and the consulting that I do for audit I think that it's important to have a compliance outline and, and have consistent policies and, and, and written down policies and procedures and some type of, I don't want to use the word paper trail, but some type of compliance discussion that's, that's ongoing, whether it's quarterly right. or, or monthly, to say that this is our policy, we're working our damnedest to make sure that we're not submitting anything that's incorrect. And, and these are our policies. These are people we brought in, whether it's consultants or an internal coders. Um, our technology, I think when you start to establish that you're yeah. putting yourself in a position to be successful. If you don't have that, you're putting yourself in a position to to fail
1: so i mean look you know audit in the end should be a confirmation that everything is running well absolutely right that that should be the, absolutely. the you know the the exercise result and if something's not running well, you want to find it and fix it before it the, fix the audit it. right. So that when you have the audit, it's kind of like you know the final end of the year test. When you have that, right. you do well.
0: No, I do. We we definitely agree on that. I mean, it's 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 the responsibility of of the leaders and uh, strategic advisors of of the payer and provider group um, to have some type of, of protocol in place. As we as we come to a conclusion, um, it's always great to spend an hour talking to to you, David, and and just catching up with That's you. Fun, what do you think? just from an in-game perspective i ask you this every time every time we we sit down and talk but what do you think is the next big frontier what do you what do you think is is the next major movement um, you know i've had people call me and ask me you're like oh do you think you're ever going to go to a single player and i'm just like no i was just like i don't i don't personally see that um, you know are there are are we are there going to be more expansions on flexible spending accounts people ask me questions all the time what do you think the next big step in government health care, in uh in managed care, what do you what do you think that next big step is going to be?
1: Uh, you know, it's gonna be getting over something that was historically a problem. That'll be that'll be the next thing. I'll give you an example. So historically within like the DOJ OIG world, mm-hmm. like where do they where do they look for bad behavior within within Medicare Advantage? There was a lot of fraud um, waste and abuse within the um the uh, durable durable medical
0: equipment DMA, DMA, yeah.
1: you know stuff so you know right. uh, hover rounds right. and 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 walkers and Raffles all, all these yeah all these yeah. all these kinds of things right and and then did you even get it right you know you bill medicare for you know 250 bucks for a thing that you never even got, yeah, right? Because they stole, they, they stole your Medicare right. number, right? So it's straight up well, they're, fraud.
0: There are a bunch of ex-NB uh, NFL players, uh, Clinton Portis being one of them. Um, they kind of decided when they retired from the NFL that that bilking, uh Medicare from from DME would be a, a good idea uh, <laughs> to invest in for their portfolio, and, and they got busted, and, and these guys are in jail. I mean, it's white, it's white collar country club prisons. I mean, they're not, they're not in Oz. Um, but they're they're, pl- they're playing pickleball, but they're still in jail nonetheless. I mean, uh, defrauding CMS and federal government, just a bad idea. Uh, but they ran that same thing. It was DME. Yeah. People were not there, you know, using fake, um, you know, fake names. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're using some real names, but the people didn't realize that they were being used. They're supposed to have a wheelchair delivered to the house. It was never going to the house. They're getting billed for it.
1: Yeah. And there's, you know, like, sell me your, sell me your diabetic supplies. Right. You see those signs, see the test up. strip signs. Yeah. yeah, you see those yeah. signs up, right? That's that's yeah. a kind of fraud. Yeah, that's kind of
0: fraud. Um, so you said that's you, more of a street level fraud. Yeah, that's but like, it's yeah. It, but
1: it's it's same same, right? Because that stuff is getting aggregated and sent into a warehouse somewhere, that's true. That's true. right? So so anyway, um, so you've got you know this area DME, you know, durable medical equipment, where the federal government has put a lot of effort over you know decades. Into trying to knock down some of the fraud. But the weirdness of this, right, is that we can't afford the cost of people going in to a hospital or a surgery center to get services and to get the equipment that they need. We want to do these services in people's homes. We wanna deliver the materials and the equipment that they need in their home right? right so we got this weird problem where historically it was this big area of of fraud waste and abuse and now it is the it's the the opportunity it's the green field mm. for the industry to grow into the delivery of services in home the delivery of a, a of of post op uh, yeah, pt so in up. home yeah. right the, the the you know what instead of I'm having a father that
0: needs a knee replacement and having those exact discussions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right now, you know what's going to happen after. Where does the to, TP? Am I going to have to come in and live with you for a few weeks? Like, how yeah. are we going to figure that out? How yeah. are we going to coordinate it? Who's going to be the therapist and all of that stuff?
1: Yeah, so, yeah. Where I does guess. the PT happen? Right, right. So, so, so anyway, so the 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 lower cost place to deliver this stuff is in home. Historically, it's also been the place where there's been the most. Fraud, waste, and abuse. That yeah, makes a lot So, of sense. so, so it's kind of like if there is a, an evolution in not only how we deliver stuff in the system, but how the government becomes comfortable with the delivery. The nexus of those two things would create a rapid expansion into into that area. <laughs>
0: to the Lance J Radio Network. This is Lance J, aka the Paragon of Sports Talk Excellence, aka the Heisenberg of Broadcast Radio, aka the Wolf of Wall Street. The Lance J Radio Network is now on WWE. 1100 a.m. weekdays from 3 to 4 p.m. I've been wanting to get into the Atlanta market for a long time. Listen to me and the rest of the ticket talk sports, politics, healthcare as DJ Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flip Mode squad, shines on the wheels of steel playing the best in classic hip-hop. Catch the show live or download the iHeartRadio application. And Doug. got a couple of bullies on your
1: six, Limo. They need customized car insurance from Liberty Mutual. So they only pay for what they need. What do you say we see what this bird can do?
0: We are not getting you a helicopter. Looks like we're walking, kid. Only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. James Lewis. My, My nephew, Bryce, who just turned nine. He beats the brakes off of me at FIFA. He's a soccer player. My my nephews Tristan and Bryce are soccer players up in Cleveland. And every time I see them, we whip out the Nintendo Switch. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. It was talking smack to me, and I started to say, "I was like, look, Bryce, man, you're you're eight years old. We're about to take this outside and settle it like men. If you keep talking smack, things get heated." In, in, in battle on the sticks, as we used to call them. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.